If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. My name is Rock Thomas, and I'm the host of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life podcast. And before we get started today with the show, I want to remind you that the reason that I do this every single week is because I'm here to help you create financial freedom and fulfillment. If you're working harder than ever before, but not seeing the results you want, or maybe you don't have a supportive network of people that help you raise your personal standards of success then I want to invite you to jump on a call with someone on my team that can help you change that. So just head over to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, book the call and learn how you don't have to do it alone and you can take your life and business to the next level. This is going to be a special segment where we interview one of our successful millionaires And on today's show, we have a lovely Canadian-born girl, Jenna Swinwood, and she is a dynamo. So welcome to our episode, Jenna. Thank you very much. Great to be here. So we met a few years ago, and Jenna was already a very successful real estate agent on a path toward becoming a millionaire. But during our journey together and sharing some time in our mastermind group M1, I like to believe that we were able to throw some gasoline on her fire and accelerate some things. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but before we do, tell us a little bit about where you, you know, where you got started and where did you grow up first of all? Sure. So I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario, in Canada, and uh, yeah, I, I grew up with a wonderful family here. My dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, my mom worked really hard at her job too. She was in the government until I was about uh, eighteen years old. And I uh, went to school in Thunder Bay, actually have a degree in camping. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Wow. How does it get somebody get a degree in camping? What does that mean? It's an outdoor rec parks and tourism program. But uh, yeah, my third year uh, uh, trip we did was down the north shore of Lake Superior and did a two-week sea kayaking trip. So that was quite an incredible journey. So you're a good person to get lost in the woods with. Not so much anymore. It's been a while. <laughs> Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about what you learned about money growing up. How were your parents with with making and managing money? So I wouldn't have considered our, our family, you know, rich by any means where we were doing luxurious yearly trips or doing types of things like that. But, um, you know, we were very lucky that both my parents worked and, and we had a decent income coming in where we got to enjoy a cottage as children and we did do a little bit of traveling. And I think with my dad being an entrepreneur and my my mom working as well, I had the opportunity to really learn that anything that you want to make happen in your life, you could. And, you know, I was very blessed with the opportunity when I was just 10 years old to actually spend a month with a leader and three other children from Ottawa in a program called CSIV, the Children's International Summer Villages. And I went to spend a month on my own with with these people when I was just 10 years old. And when I came back, they were going to plan this amazing trip to Brazil just a few years later. And my mom's like, well, that's great. Like, Jenna, let's let's do this. How are we going to get the money together for it? 
And she got me a job uh, working at Regal and I did sales of different things like Christmas cards and wrapping paper. And, uh, and then one day we ended up going to Trombla and I found this little envelope on the ground in the bathroom and I picked it up and there was a thousand American dollars in it. And my mom was like, you know, somebody's looking out for you. You know, you wanted to go to this trip in Brazil and, and now you've got a head start. Now, of course we let the people at Trombone know that we had found the money and, and it was months went by when nobody claimed it. So I did end up wow. getting to keep it. <laughs> wow. So you did the right thing and it still stayed with you and you were able to link it back to setting a goal. That is really a great story. I didn't know that about you. So fast forward now, um, when we met um, your successful real estate agent, how much did you did you focus on actually taking care of your money and knowing about how much you had and being intentional about growing it? Um, I was a little bit into tracking the money. Uh, you know, I was married for 12 years up to about 2016. And, you know, I was lucky to have had a partner at that time that was great at tracking and, and we kept, um, you know, kept out of debt and he had his own business as well. So it was, uh, it was a good opportunity. And, and we, we, I remember those, those days so, so long ago that we were focused on becoming that millionaire couple together and we made it pretty darn close until unfortunately things ended, but. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate that you're, you're not the only person that has had that happen. It's like you're almost at the finish line and then you get pulled back snakes and ladders, right? Zoop, right. start over again. Ooh. I get it, I get it. Okay, so was there a specific meaning to you in becoming a millionaire when you started to really become part of M1? Was it something like, okay, it's going to mean something to me or was it just about gaining momentum and moving in the right direction to financial freedom? A little bit of both, I guess. There, there was some meaning because uh, you know I, I really got involved with M1 after my separation when um, I felt you know just at this, well, like you said, right? We have to start again. We're at the bottom of this ladder. So, you know, to find this tribe and the time that 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 happened to me was was monumental in its own. And then seeing people get to that status of being a millionaire, I think that. You know, whether this is good or bad or right or wrong, but but money to me is so important in knowing that it's good for the good that it can do. And when I see, you know, people getting to millionaire status in this group or, or you know, people who have a lot of money out there that end up helping so many other people, that's where I want to be. And that's what I want to do. And I'm not saying like I'm done sort of growing yet in terms of, of growing that that pot of money. But at the end of the day, it's made me feel like I can now go out and help a lot more other people understand what it's like to be a little bit more financially stable. So that on that side of things, it certainly was a monumental goal that I wanted to get to. Um, but on the flip side, too, it just it was a journey for me and it, it still still is. And I still want to keep that going and keep growing that way. Yeah, nice. So, you know, as we study successful people, and I spend most of my life doing that, looking for the patterns and the habits, and then, you know, trying to articulate that. So people in the tribe like yourself, you know, I can kind of be the Google of personal development and then download it to you guys. Um, there are things that successful people do during the day, and there's things that struggling people do. What are some of the things that you do during the day that you would attribute to your success? I, the miracle morning changed my life. I get up now every single day without a doubt at 4.35 a.m. I take time to meditate, which was something new that I started just last year. 
Um, that's been amazing for me because I'm a very high energy individual, uh, learning a little bit about um, the different types of things that we want to focus on in M1 and, and the focused energy being one of them. That was really my, my goal for the fall. So getting my meditation done, I get some time in on, on the treadmill and, uh, and do a workout every single morning. I'll do some spiritual work in terms of journaling. And that's just helped me focus so much more, get clarity on my goals. And I think once you have really good clarity like that on your goals, things really start to, to move forward for you towards them. Yeah, beautiful. I like to say that, um, you know, the, the morning is your morning routine is the childhood of your day. And if you've got a messed up childhood, you got a messed up adulthood. So I love that. Is there something that you don't do, like that you used to do and you're like, okay, now I need to eliminate that from my life. It doesn't serve me. I feel I used to try to deal with a lot of things by myself. You know, if I was struggling in my relationship or, you know, trying to learn about something in, in terms of real estate or, or even money. Um, and I realized how much more everyone else knows. <laughs> you know, and, and we, we have a, a term in real estate, R&D, rip off and duplicate. I don't feel like I ever need to start from scratch on anything. Somebody knows more than me. Somebody can get me to the goal faster than I can do it alone. And keeping all those things and feelings even bottled up just doesn't help. So I, I really embrace you know, don't apologize for being awesome. And I will talk to anything, anybody about anything now. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love how congruent you are with, you know, some of the lessons we've taught. It's, you know, people, we all want to connect as humans. So the actual fact of asking for help, number one is it connects people. Number two is it allows you to explore being a little bit vulnerable. And number three is it gives somebody else the opportunity to serve or to make a difference, which we all want to do, right? Yeah. So that actual asking is a gift that you give to the community and to other people. So that's great. Let's talk a little bit about the journey. A couple of years you've been with us. Um, what was life before M1 and, and then the journey in a little bit and where are you now? Sure. So up until 2016, when I joined M1, I, as I mentioned, was, was in a relationship that I just didn't feel I was really getting the support that I needed to really excel in my life. And I have two children. Uh, they're now 11 and eight years old. So you can imagine in 2016, a mom who was, you know, trying to run a full-time real estate business and try to be a, a mom to these two kids. And, you know, unfortunately, and when I talk about support, what I mean is really that you know, that, that dad kind of stepping up and being a dad and helping with the kids and, and doing things around the house. And that's when I learned about leverage. I couldn't do it myself. I wasn't getting the support I needed. I had to hire people to cook meals for me. I had to hire people to shovel the driveway. I had to hire people to help me with the kids. I had to hire people to, to uh, mow the lawn. And so leverage became a really big, important thing in my, in my, I guess, career sort of early on. Yeah. So so as you journey, that's that's now four years you've been with M1. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And what would you say is, you know, we are the sum of the five people we spend time with. You've made some friends. You've, you've been in pod calls and things like that on a consistent basis. If you were to really think back to before, you know, Janice Swinwood before M1 and after, what are some of the things you feel shifted for you? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> I, at the end of the day, I feel like that mindset is really the most important thing. 
And when you're, you know, you're stuck in this loop of, of a relationship where you're being told continuously, you know, like you need to do more and don't do that in front of the kids or, you know, just, just negative talk all the time. When I started M1, that's what really shifted for me. All this positive talk, you can do it, you can do this, here's some goals to reach for, do a vision board, you know, all these different things completely 180 changed my mindset. And once that started happening, I think I'm really the big believer in, you know, spiritually the universe and, and things happen for a reason that way. Um, so really the universe, I, I kind of feel fell into line for me and things have just been, you know, on, on an upswing since then and including meeting an, an incredible man, uh, Tin, who is so supportive and does laundry and groceries and helps with the kids and is there 110% for me every single day. And what a difference. Well, they say that we attract the, the, an individual at the same level as us. So maybe as you ascended through your own personal development, you attracted somebody at that level. And as you know, in M1, we talk about support, encouragement, and challenge, and the importance of those three elements at the right time. You know, it's one thing to be challenged all the time, work hard and do more and come on hustle, etc. But without the words of encouragement or the support, it becomes a shallow life, right? I always say if the people that are challenged all the time end up like Mike Tyson, you want to beat, bite somebody's ear off because it's just too much of that, right? Yeah. But it's nice to have a little bit of all of it. And it sounds like you're in that, that place now. Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense, yes. Beautiful. So what are three areas of your life that you would say you know, we divide our life into eight areas, eight gardens. Try to choose, say, three areas that you feel the needle got moved most. And I can help you jog through some of them if you want. But what comes off the top of your mind? Definitely financial. Um, you know, hitting that millionaire status before I was 40 was a huge milestone. And uh, at the end of last year, um, that number hit two million. So once the ball starts rolling. It did? It did? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I always tell people it's the trajectory. We're going to get you to a million, but the trajectory after that is going to be sick. It's going to be crazy. But wow, look how fast you went. Congratulations. Yeah, and it's so interesting because I feel it's so easy now. You yes. know, you said start looking at looking at being an investor and yes. looking at all these different opportunities. I bought my first stock last March and made $50,000 last year. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so finances off the chain. You are you are now into you know trajectory. The rocket has left. You're at cruising altitude. And now, by the way, you know we talk about the cash flow quadrants, and you now need to spend additional time down in the investors quadrant and start having those high-minded conversations. Get you in the room with the people that are now worth 10, 20, 30, 100 million so you can get really comfortable with the language of that conversation. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's wonderful, I'm excited for you. Thanks. Okay, so finances, yes, check. What about your health? Health, a, a huge change, actually more just last year. It wasn't something I had been overly focused on, um, but with all the stress and everything that I had gone through with my um, separation, unfortunately, it caused some issues and I ended up with something called SIBO, which is where your bacteria from your in, uh, colon get into your intestine. Oh, so wow. I didn't know it was as bad as it was. Um, and I've had to do a couple of rounds of antibiotics on it. But when I started focusing on my health last year, I changed my diet to a, a diet that would also help reduce inflammation. 
I ended up losing almost 20 pounds, releasing 20 pounds. And uh, I just have so much more energy. I feel really good. The kids see their mom getting up early and working out. And I, I think that's a good thing for them to see as well. So definitely a big change. So I'm going to talk about that for a minute is a lot of people may not know the fact that, you know, our minds carry the thoughts, but our bodies carry the emotions. And when we are emotionally distraught, then our body starts to try to handle it and often makes us sick. So your body was carrying that because of what you went through. And so tell us a little bit about what you shifted in your diet. This was brought on because you probably had to, but is it, is it more plant-based? Is it more natural or what did you do? Uh, really more like the gluten I've had to cut out mm -hmm. and sugar was a big thing. So sugar really uh, inflames your, your insides and makes it like bloating and, and cramping. It hurts. So I, I cut out those types of things and I actually did. Uh, I've joined Beachbody and the coach that I have, Kristen, she's just been incredible. Um, so working with her and a nutritionist last year uh, took, I really like cut down my diet, a ton of things out. It's not necessarily more plant-based, but definitely a little bit less meat. And um, yeah, but no sugar, no alcohol. I did a, a full hundred days of workouts, no sugar, no alcohol. And that was the biggest change that I saw. I was eating vegetables for breakfast and I was like, ah, vegetables aren't a breakfast food, but they sure are. <laughs> That's so great to hear. So great to hear. So check the box for finances, check the box for health, release 20 pounds, feeling better, better role model for my children, feeling energized and great. And we're gonna obviously live longer. What's one other area of your life that you'd like to celebrate? I would say definitely relationships were a big one. So moving and shifting out of what, you know, I had gone through for so long and kind of taking a, a year or so just to get my feet back on the ground. And the, the funniest thing is I, I was excited to date. I really wanted to get out there and try the online dating. And, oh, I've met a few of the crazies, but <laughs> at the end of the day, they all taught me a lesson. And actually, I'll tell you a really funny story. I didn't know what narcissism was. I didn't know that there were narcissists out there. I was pretty naive and pretty sheltered growing up, fortunately. Um, so I ended up dating a gentleman who in six weeks stole $6,500 from me. And I learned all about narcissism the hard way. The, the crazy thing was I had this amazing, what I thought was an amazing financial advisor. And I had actually taken my husband at the time years and years ago to go and meet him. And he just did not get a good feel about him, but he didn't really know what was wrong. He just didn't want to use him. But I love this guy. He was an out-of-box thinker, helped me start a corporation, traded in my car. I got a new car, like all the great things that, you know, you think you, you want in life. Anyway, well, didn't I learn after I uh, had broken up with this narcissist that my financial advisor who held all my accounts in everything, like owned everything, controlled everything, was a narcissist himself. And I had seen some signs, but I didn't really get it. I didn't really know what it was. But after that experience, I was like, oh my gosh. And that was it. That day I, I took all my accounts away from him and I was gone and, and he made it very difficult, but I was able to get away from that. So I appreciate that lesson. <laughs> wow. Wow. So your awareness has really gone up and, you know, we talk a lot about the whole life millionaire. And let me explain that for a minute is. The idea is that we major in the finances because we all live in the money game so that we can get that going a little bit. Like you said, you know, I got to my health part a little bit later, which is very typical. 
Then you check off the health and the relationships. Those three are, tend to be the big three. So it's interesting that you just spontaneously talked about those. Of course, there's other things. There's spirituality and there's, you know, maybe your side hustle or starting something different in your life. But kudos to you. Great job. Let's talk a couple of more questions. Um, is there somebody specific in the tribe that you met that moved the needle for you or maybe a couple of people? Well, definitely you, of course. <laughs> would not be here without you. Um, in the beginning, meeting Mark was amazing. I, I actually uh, had him on a, our pod call just a few weeks ago to talk a little bit about his options courses, which that was great to see him again. Mm -hmm. um, Alan's been a big influence for me. Um, Zach Bacon, uh, we had stayed connected after a Montreal event and, and still talk quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we I ended up taking your leverage classes and, and the money you know, the extra courses that you'd put on the money one. Yes. So from there, I connected with Carolyn and Ryan and Andrea and Josh, and we're still in a pod together. And every Friday morning, we have a budget that badass call and wow. we're on top of our budgeting and, and our goals. So they're, they've been my whole life through COVID. It's been incredible experience to be in touch with them. Yeah, there's, you know, I always look at three levels of accountability, which is one other accountability partner or a coach. Uh, your small little posse like that, a group of four or five people that you can meet on a weekly basis, and then the entire tribe. And then when you share with people that care, you tend to move the needle more because we all want to belong and matter. So that's great that you have those people. Uh, they must be pretty excited about your trajectory onto two million now, right? On to three million now. Right, right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, you know, we talk a little bit about the top 10 rules. Um, I don't know how well you remember them, but was there any one rule that you felt really served you or stood out? Focused energy. Rule number five. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So what did that mean for you, focused energy? How, how have you employed that? Well, I am a really busy person and I just love to, to have a million things on the go all at once. And as many times as people would tell me, you can't multitask, you can't multitask. Well, focused energy really taught me that it was better to focus on just one thing at a time. And, you know, for me, it was a, an interesting shift, though, between understanding and setting your goals for the year, because you can have all these different gardens and you can have three, four, five, six goals in each of these gardens. But at the end of the day, uh, what, what we're now talking about, really just that focused energy is taking maybe one per month or one per quarter. And it takes 66 days to create a habit. So once you've really developed that muscle, then move on to the next one. But I think even in my pod group, people are getting so overwhelmed with the number of things they think they need to focus on all at one time. You don't. Yeah, well said, well said. And that's why we call it focused energy, because it's like that, um, you know, the magnifying glass that you keep still and the sun shines through it and it can ignite a piece of newspaper, but just moving it slightly, just even a little bit, it will not ignite the newspaper because it doesn't have that focused energy right on that one spot. So kudos for you for learning that. So what would you say to somebody that was maybe considering to join a mastermind group or to up level into a peer group that was an impact them or sitting on the fence, maybe what would be your advice to them? I just ended up getting three people to sign up this month. So wow. what I feel to these people, I mean, it's just, it's talking about your experience. 
you know, like how, how have I changed and how the whole life millionaire works. And, and I've even pulled this in. So I run a small brokerage at, at Remax and I've got a team of five that work with me and I'm telling them the same thing that I'm telling all these people that are looking to sort of up-level their life. But at the end of the day, it's not just about me helping them with their sales. And it's not just about these people, you know, having a little bit of a, a push. I, I usually work with them in terms of like, I'm accountability partner for them. So that's how I was connecting so well with these people. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's about all these gardens and this whole life and working on a team in real estate, very much like being on an M1 pod, you know, or, or, or in learning all, all about the M1 trainings. It's about having all the different facets all included and feeling like, especially for real estate, feeling like you can get a little bit of a break away from real estate to be able to go do something else. Yeah. And I, you know, what, what really was fun of this week, I was looking on Facebook. I'm like, you know what? Nobody talks about money. Why does nobody talk about money on Facebook? Right. And I'm posting all this stuff. It's financial Fridays and I'm investing in this. And I bought my first crypto. Like I'm, I'm talking about all this stuff. And I asked my boyfriend who's very spiritual and I'm like, Tim, why does nobody talk about money on Facebook? He's like, well, Jenna, nobody cares about it as much as you do. You know, they care about their family. They care about, you know, getting out and building snowmen with their kids. They're caring about their dog and they're posting all these things. And I, I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know if it's true or not. Or is it just something it's taboo and people don't want to post about because they don't want people to know their financial situation. I don't know. I think it's a bit of everything, but at the same time is what you focus on expands. And if you don't focus on your money, you're not going to have any. Most people just really have it as a sidebar. But I, I say you're in the money game. You might as well win it. Find out what the rules are. Focus on it. Set the system in place and then forget it. If it's churning in the background as we have, you know, the bank accounts and things like that, then you can focus on, you know, the offense going and making it. And then the defense, the systems will take care of sorting it, investing it, putting it in the right places. And then the money that you've worked hard for will now be out there working hard for you. And that's really, in essence, what happens. So um, I really want to thank you for coming on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life today. You're a really great example of, you know, certainly the feminine spirit that has gone out there and kicked some ass out there, taking the principles in an ecosystem that's insulated from the cesspool of mediocrity that's out there, this this mass of people that have been trained to be consumers, not savers and investors. And so for me, it was, you know, my, I felt it was my duty to help people like yourself get really clear, get the edge, get the advantage. You're willing to put in the work and you did. You're willing to be coachable and you were. And now you get to have this opportunity where time freedom is much more available. Would you say now that um, give us an idea of how, how many hours a week you work and what the future looks like for you. Sure. Um, I'm still working very full time in my business. However, of course, with um, my kids, you know, half time, there was a, a big shift four years ago where I went from working, you know, almost every day in my business. And to be honest, at that time, not being in a, in a good spot in my mindset and my relationship, I was maybe, you know, selling 35 homes a year. And uh, after I separated and I had my kids part-time, of course, it's sad. I feel like I'm missing half my kid's life. But at the end of the day, there's nothing I can, I can do about it. They need their dad. And, and that's important time for them to be spending there. But then I had the time to really start to focus on my business on the weeks that I didn't have the kids. And I got the time to focus on my kids the week that I did have them. So I say to everybody that, you know, I get a week to be super mom and then I get a week to be super realtor. 
And I don't hardly work any evenings or any weekends, those weeks that I have the kids and, and really get to spend time with them. And it's been incredible. The time I spend with them now was is more, I guess, just more meaningful than it was when I was spending every day with them in a position where I was stressed and feeling I needed to work more and needed to do this and needed to do that. So very happy that way. Where am I going? Well, um, I would like to grow my real estate team. So we're up to five people now. I'd like to get to nine or 10 over the next couple of years. And my goal is to create a massive amount of passive income coming in so that I can replace my salary and my boyfriend's salary. We'd like to be making perhaps close to $200,000 a year uh, before taxes. So we've you know, done some spreadsheets and done some work and looked at the investments that we have and, and we're trying to build to that. So we're at about 27 doors already. And uh, we're looking at, that's with some investors, not just all our own, but we're looking to add six or seven more you know, of our own properties so that in 10 years when the mortgages are paid down and the rents are bringing in some money that essentially we'll, we'll look to have about $200,000 worth of income coming in passively after 50. You know, Jenna, I'm gonna tell you this, is that you're gonna have way more than that way before that. Um, I know the path ahead and I got to a point where I had this goal to, you know, make 83,333 a month passively because that meant a million dollars a year. And um, at the time I was making, you know, maybe 15 or $20,000 a month passively, which was about what you're shooting for. And once you're on that path of trajectory, you're gonna see it's gonna compound and it's gonna get bigger and bigger um, you will get to $200,000 a month, probably by the time you're 50. So we'll, uh, we'll help you with that. Allow that to be true to you. I don't think you have to measure it too, too much, but just keep on doing what you're doing. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at where you're going to end up. That would be amazing. All right. So there you have it. Our short and quick and sweet interview with one of our whole life millionaires, Jenna Swinwood from Ottawa, Canada, exemplifying what it's like for a badass mom to make it happen in the real world and balance her life with improving her health and her relationships. Jenna, thank you so much for being a role model for everybody else. Thank you, Rock. And we'll see you on the next Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.